and welcome to Honestly Truly, your new favorite nerdy podcast where we talk honestly and truly about all of the things that we love. I am your host, Hannah Ajrami, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Antonio Lasanta. Hello. And today we're going to be talking video games, uh, past and present. So we'll start with some of our favorites from the past and then go into releases that we're looking forward to this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Exciting stuff. Uh, let's get into it. We're going to do a top five of our past favorite RPGs. Um, RPG is a very wide umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. When we were, when we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about in terms of video games, we both play a lot of D&D, which is a tabletop role-playing game, but video game RPGs are, it's so interesting. We were talking about how like the RPG elements that like really define an RPG have like trickled into like every, everything, every video <laughs> game now. So it's like being able to customize and being able to switch your gear and like do all like play the, a character. Yeah. And like insert yourself and, and having the Zelda like qualities mm -hmm. um, that's like very common now in a lot of video games, regardless yeah. of what genre they are. So, yeah. So that being said, this is going to kind of be all over the place. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So my first one is The Witcher 3 Wild oh, yeah. Hunt. This game came out in 2015. Uh, it's had like subsequent re-releases on the new gen consoles. I think you can play it on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Maybe not perfectly. Yeah. I like literally <laughs> don't know how that's possible because of the size of the game. But it was developed by CD Projekt Red, published by CD Projekt. It's based on The Witcher novels by, I'm going to, I hope I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Andres Sapkowski. There's like a lot of books to this yeah. series. But um, yeah, if you don't know The Witcher, I mean, there's the Netflix show that stars Henry Cavill or starred Henry Cavill. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the game takes place in a fictional world that's kind of based on Slavic mythology. You get to play as uh, Geralt of Rivia. He's a witcher, a monster slayer for hire. And he is kind of defined by his like really weird eyes, but also like witchers don't really show emotion. So that's like a big part of his character. Specifically in the Wild Hunt, he's searching for his adopted daughter uh, who is on the run from the titular Wild Hunt, which is like a supernatural type of like evil force. The game is fucking massive. Uh, I haven't finished it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just too big. Uh, every like like in dragon age when you like in dragon age origins when you go up to the bulletin like the chantry bulletin you're like okay at any given time there's like there's like three or four things yeah. in the witcher you go up to a bulletin board and there's like fucking like seven different things you can do and it's different in every town <laughs> so it's like there's just so much to do it's such a dense world there's so many mechanics i mean what was the uh ooh, what is the card game called oh gwent Gwent, I think yeah. Gwent, Gwent like became a whole thing. It got its own spin-off game. That's like a whole system within The Witcher that you can just like sit down and play for hours. So it's a really dense game, but I do think that it's like peak RPG-ness where it's like yeah. regardless of whether the world is open or not, it is open, but like regardless of that, you just have so many options of how to play. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of romance options and like choices you can make that affect the ending so yeah, it's 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 on my list uh, just because I I can't deny how like impactful of an RPG it is for sure. Um, yeah. And CD Projekt Red makes good stuff. I mean, I haven't played Cyberpunk. <laughs> I don't know if the game has improved, but like I, you know, The Witcher Three is like a is like a gold mm -hmm. gold standard. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. My so I'm sort of going in like from least favorite to most favorite for sure, order for sure so my number five is um assassin's creed black flag which was i think to this day the only assassin's creed game that i've finished oh really yeah yeah um, i've played a few of them but this is like the only one i've really owned but you get a boat like, you get they, a boat they give you a boat in like the first hour of the game and then there's just like a map we can go to different cities and like explore the world on your boat i don't think i actually don't think i finished the main story of that game 
just because I was having a lot of fun. I finished it. It's really, it's really on really the bad, boat. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, all the parts where you're in the city doing yeah. Assassin's Creed stuff is yeah. like okay. Yeah. And then you go to your boat, and it's like. <laughs> um, I kept this off my list because I knew yeah. that Hannah was going to put it um, on the list. Would like just you know the specs, I guess. Came out in 2013, originally on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. It's by Ubisoft, like all Assassin's Creed games are. Yeah. Um, but this was like, I feel like they really hit a formula in this game that they kind of lost <laughs> immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I bought this for Switch. This was like, I went and got my Switch like the day we got sent home for COVID and I picked up Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed Black oh, Flag. Oh, so you played... This is recent. No, no, no. I mean, I, I played oh, it when it okay, came out. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, but I, I yeah, purchased re, re, this because I really liked it. That's amazing, it. yeah. That's, so. No, it's so good. And like, it's so cool that you can... One of my favorite parts is that you can literally just stop sailing anywhere yeah. and just jump off of your... That's so fucking cool. <laughs> that's really... And for a 2013 game to, to have that functionality is... And you could like really collect cool. the sea shanties and yeah. like have your crew sing <sighs> and like up... It's so good. It's so good. And, and I feel like we're probably talking about Assassin's Creed more later, but like at that point it was like, okay, everyone understands that like the interesting part about these games is the historical fantasy. Mm -hmm. So they were like moving away from the like fucking bullshit modern <laughs> plot of like I'm in a chair and I'm getting transported DNA <laughs> ancestor shit and it's like nobody cares about that. We just want to like be in a specific time period, right? Um, yeah, no, you just wake up on a deserted island yeah. and you just have to. It's my favorite. It's my favorite one. You're like yeah, amazing. It's my favorite one. And they they like totally fixed the mechanics from Assassin's Creed Three because that yeah. was when they first introduced the boats. And it's just so much. It's so yeah. smooth and like the sailing is so much. You just have so to get fun. through the part in the city where you have to like be unseen yeah. for twenty minutes. For twenty minutes. <sighs> but good. It's amazing. It's so it's much so fun. Good. So much fun. Amazing. Uh, it's very. One of my notes is. Um, I don't know if you ever played Pop Truck pop tropica of course but there's an island where you go yeah. and you can like get a like really shitty sailboat no, and i know what you're you, talking like, about upgrade yeah i that was one of the things like my mom was like no more pop tropica you are taking this far too seriously i had charts that's because so you know funny. the 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 goods that you're buying and selling yeah. change from port to port and i had like notes written out um and a she was gamer. like you need to take a break <laughs> <laughs> she's like i see this headed in a terrible direction <laughs> um amazing uh cool my my next one going from least to like favorite is mass effect 2 mm. mass effect 2 developed by so hannah and i have very complicated <laughs> relationships with bioware yeah um, and ea yeah. uh everyone has a complicated everyone relationship has, yeah. with ea <laughs> 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 um but hannah was on the not to spoil anything but yeah. hannah was on the fantasy side of bioware and i was very much on the sci-fi side mass effect 2 January 26, 2010, on Xbox 360, PS3, and PC. I played it on PS3. It was like, as like a really lifelong Star Wars fan, it was like the first sci-fi game. I, I played Knights of the Old Republic um, on the Xbox, but this was like the first one where I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Sci-fi, sci-fi outside of Star Wars, fucks. Yeah. The game takes place, basically, it's in the Milky Way, but it's like the 22nd century, and there's this race of aliens called the Collectors that are, like, threatening everything. And you play as Commander Shepard, um, who's, like, an elite soldier. I think N7 is, like, the logo thing. But you basically have to go around and collect. Like, it's it's basically a heist movie where you're just, like, collecting the members of your team. <laughs> yeah. I don't... They're not actually doing a heist. I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> um, but I think they're, like, going to... They're going on a suicide mission to, like, battle the Collectors. And so you have to, like... You have to find all your companions and some of them are very Bioware from mm. the other game and you have like a party and you get to up upgrade everything. But it's cool because it's like an over the shoulder third person shooter and it you can use your saved game from the other game, which is like a very, very Bi Bioware. Bioware thing that's like really integral to their their storytelling. And yeah, I, it was just like being able to like make the decisions and they like I don't know why it fell off in Mass Effect 3. The Bioware problem of things just falling off after it's the Bioware so good. problem of figuring out the perfect yes. formula and then just and then just being the like, trash. let's try something else. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mass Effect Two is really up there in terms of RPGs because it's like the world oh. is so dense and, and it's the, like an RPG ass. It's RPG. like RPG, <laughs> like it's like dense and it's 
and it there's a lot of talking and there's like the planetary map and all that shit but i ate that shit up um i love it yeah and i i i don't I think they might be remastering it into a collection. I um, think they are, actually. Yeah, but... But the new game is coming out in the next few yeah. years. Yeah. I didn't play Andromeda, but I will be playing it if they remaster it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. For sure. That's my number four. My number four is Stardew Valley. Um, I knew you were going to put that on. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't not. <laughs> I, I've always been more of like a sim game person. Yeah, so it sure. was going to be like this or Harvest Moon or... Animal Crossing, but Stardew is definitely, I feel like, encapsulates more of like the RPG aspect and is also the most interesting of those of that genre. Um, it came out in 2016, specifically on the PC, but it's at this point been ported for like every console. <laughs> I I do kind of get jealous of the PC gamers because there's so many mods and like yeah. so many cute things you can add. Yeah. It's fine, but it's cool because it was developed over like the course of like four years by one guy, Eric Barone, and it was just like picked up for distribution so that like literally people were like this is really cool do you want money for That's this so yeah. uh which is really cool but essentially Stardew valley is the concept is you are working in the big city in a corporate office and you're very tired and your grandfather dies and <laughs> gives you a farm in Stardew valley and uh you go and there's this like evil capitalist company called jojo cola that's trying to gentrify the the town and there's these little wood sprites that you give things to. And it's like very cute. I like grinded so hard. I finished like the main story in like before my first year in game time. But the the rewarding thing about Stardew is that like you can finish your main story. You can like completely max out your farm and like never worry about money again. But there's still a lot to do with like the townspeople and stuff. There's a whole war. That, and there's like a war veteran who comes home and you like talk to him about it. There's like That's a bunch of lore about, yeah, there's like a bunch of magic stuff. And there's like a bunch of lore and like the sewers and like with the magic of the town. And it's just like really rewarding to keep playing. There was an update that came out, I think in 2020, that like improved a lot of like, like you can sit in chairs now and stuff like that. But it also expanded some of that storyline. Yeah, it's just like, it's very cute and wholesome. But also I had to start setting timers for myself because I would just like, unknowingly play for eight hours so yeah that's my number four yeah stardew is fun it's really fun i i downloaded it like a month or two ago and i haven't (laughs) gone back to it because of what you said like you just lose yourself but also like i'm like a sim baby like i'm like very like new to sims because they stress me out which is like it's like so antithetical to what sims are for like they're supposed to be cozy and like relaxing and you're just supposed to like dip in and out of them yeah but i hyper fixate on everything yeah Yeah. like crazy and so i'm like fuck i have like 40 steps left before it's seven o'clock i can't do this this shit is stressing well that's the other trap is that the game doesn't save until you go to bed and then you go to bed and you're like well let me just yeah let me just just water my (laughs) let me just water my turnips and then it's like oh fuck it's it's now i've spent a week in game yeah exactly cool amazing amazing my third game we've talked about this in the last episode but uh, my third game is pokemon diamond and pearl Mm -hmm. I had to squeeze in Pokemon on here because Pokemon is like essential RPG. Yeah. Like I feel like it's a lot of people's first RPG, you know, developed by Game Freak, published by Nintendo, the Pokemon company, 2006 in Japan and 2007 in North America. Yeah. This game is old. (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, it's like not like super old, but it's like, damn, 2007 was a long time ago. And like Pokemon has come such a long way. I mean, now we have like open world Pokemon. Yeah. This was like, you know, back before everyone was like, we fucking hate the formula. It was like, no, the formula was at its best. Yeah, I mean, Diamond and Pearl, because I feel like your fa- a lot of people's like favorite Pokemon is like whatever mm-hmm. the first one they played is, yeah. or it's like wherever they really entered the series. And this was where I, where I really entered the series, but um, it's... The game has like a lot of new features features compared to the other Pokemon games because it was like you could do the internet, like you could have the Wi-Fi connections, you could do like the global trade system and like you didn't have to do the Game Boy thing where you had to plug in the shit to like do any like like wireless stuff. They like added 107 new Pokemon, battle mechanics were different and it just like the 
I really enjoy the plot of Diamond and Pearl because I just think it's like, I mean, they're all kind of like, there's a legendary monster and this team is trying to capture them, which is the same plot. If it works, it works. It works. <laughs> and, and it works. And like the Sinnoh region is like, I just feel like it was back when they didn't, they weren't like grasping at straws to design new Pokemon. <laughs> they still had like a bunch of ob- household objects left to, <laughs> to use. Um, and so you get like, all, you get like a lot of cool new Pokemon and I am a Piplup. Uh, enthusiasts so like the little ping the little blue penguin um Aww, the little cute. water type starter that's like one of my faves but yeah pokemon is pokemon's yeah, up there for me has to be absolutely textbook. yeah for sure so my number three is a uh, divinity original sin 2 i haven't played the first one and i never will <laughs> but um the it's like it's kind of like D the game but like just in the way that like it's super broken Essentially, the the plot is that the plot is so cool. It's just that like there's an empty spot in the pantheon, and like anyone can be a god if you get there first. Like that's the plot. That's crazy. Um, and there's wow. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff from the first game, like lore wise, that I don't totally understand, but it doesn't diminish my enjoyment of the game. But you start with like they're rounding up all magic users, like anybody who's who's sort of attuned to this thing i think they call it the void but the they're called void woken and it's essentially just means you can use magic so they're just rounding everybody up and they're putting you in these anti-magic collars and a storm hits and gets shipwrecked on like this island where I they're love kind shipwreck. of you love a shipwreck story it's such a good way to start a story yeah but it's really cool because you can play an original character and like that's totally, you'll have a good time playing the game. But they have these um, six preset characters that you can play as and they're all like really, really interesting. And then you meet the rest, whoever you didn't pick, whether you picked an original character or one of the presets, you meet the rest of them on this ship before the shipwreck happens. And then when the shipwreck happens, you get to choose <laughs> which four are going to stay oh, with you. Fuck. But they're very cool. So um, the one that I play as, I have not finished my first playthrough, but I know how it ends. Um, is Sabeel, who was, there's these, these like, tattoo needles where if you tattoo somebody with them, like, they can't refuse your command. So she was, uh, she got one of these tattoos and, like, can't really remember her past and then somehow broke out of it and killed her, the guy who tattooed her and, like, has her tattoo needle. So that's how she kills people. (laughs) She just kills them with her tattoo needle, which is pretty cool. And then there's Beast, who was the brother. He's a dwarf, and he's the brother of the queen of the dwarves, and he's been exiled because his sister is, like, a warmongering queen, and he was trying to, like, protect his people. So she exiled him. And he's very cool. There's Ifan bin Mezd, who I like because he's very Arab coded, but also he used to be in this like mercenary group um, and he left, but he was called like the lone wolf. And he was mm. like, it's like very um, Strider coded, uh, but he's very cool. And then the two that I, and then there's Losa, who is a traveling bard who's been like possessed by a demon. So she's trying to figure out how to get this demon away from her. And then the two that I never end up picking, but they're also very cool, is the Red Prince, who is the prince of this like lizard race that lives in the world. And Fane, who is apparently pretty integral to the story. I just never pick him because he doesn't interest me as much. Uh, but he's like an undead spirit who oh. like was not in the world for like hundreds and hundreds of years. Everything's very novel to him. But yeah, but the point is just that like you get shipwrecked and then there's this kind of voice that's speaking to you. And depending on which character you pick, there's different gods that are sort of guiding your path. Mm. Um, and there's three acts. It's very like... The narrative is really well constructed. There's a million trillion side quests. There's like so many different factions, but everybody just wants to be a god. That's like the whole thing. And it's very D&D-esque because one of the things that you can do is like there's a encumberment sort of like in D&D. So it's based on like your strength score. And if you want to slow down an enemy, you just transfer all of your inventory <laughs> to them. <laughs> That's fucking crazy <laughs> that you can do that. That's um, so broken. It's really ridiculous. But it's a lot of fun. I've sunk like a good like 80 hours into this game Damn. because I, again, I'm a completionist and yeah. I haven't even done, I haven't even finished some of the side quests. But it's cool because like all of your companions have like their own storylines and everything. And so and at each place, each new location that you go to like you're furthering their storylines as well as like the overall storyline mm-hmm. and you can engage with it as much or as little as you want but it's fun that's sick i'll finish it one day i i'll get around to it one day <laughs> yeah it's well now it sounds like you've made it sound very interesting the idea of like picking your party is really yeah cool. it's cool cool i 
I feel like we, we might have the same number two. I'm not sure. I don't Mine, think so. No, really? Mm-hmm. Mine is Breath of the Wild. No, I Breath of the Wild is not on my list. Interesting. I just figured. I figured you would pick it. It's I so would like, pick it, yeah. yeah, it's very. It's very. It's such a good game. It's I mean, it's so amazing. Good. Yeah, it's just like everybody knows. Well, it's that's amazing. good. That means we can yeah. talk about. It. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> Breath of the Wild is like it launched the Switch. Like yeah. <laughs> and like, this is a we. I mean, we're on number two now, but this is an entirely subject uh, subjective list. Uh, are we we enjoy our taste, um, taste but, yeah. but you know this is like our favorite so like nothing is is law but breath of the wild is like objectively just a good rpg yeah. i mean you know 2017 the switch is like just launching this is like i think this is the launch game it is launching yeah and i mean I've been playing Zelda forever. Phantom Hourglass was like one of my first Zelda games, integral part of my childhood. Mine was Majora's Mask. Yeah. Ocarina and Phantom Hourglass were like the games just fuck. Like they're you know, really they're good. just really good. Um and the and if you dive deep into the lore, that's really interesting. I have like a I have the big the Hyrule Historia oh book. Oh my gosh. Um that like badly explains the timeline. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. This game is like you know, as frustrating as breaking all your weapons all the time is, it just has so much freedom. You can really do whatever the fuck you want. Once um, you unlock your powers. Yeah, and it, it does, it has that like 1986, like original Zelda thing where um, you don't get a lot of instruction and mm-hmm. you can just explore freely. And that's like, I think blending that with like the modern type like style of gaming like the graphics and everything it's just like yeah Yeah. it's it's beautiful you could just kind of stare at it all day (laughs) um but yeah that's i mean i just had to put it on the list because i i was late to it because i was late to my switch um but i i spent when i started playing it i spent so many fucking hours i mean i got it during covid so like yeah i think i have I want to. I want to say I've like. I think I want to say I'm like close to like sixty, seventy hours, and I'm like, but I'm like not even like halfway. I have multiple hundreds of. No, hours. Well, I think I have no. Like what I'm saying is like it. I haven't even. I've only cleared two of the oh, of yeah, the okay. beasts. Yeah, that, like that I. Works, and yeah. So it's like I haven't even like mm-hmm. put it, and I haven't even put a dent in the game. No, like yeah. I'm very much like I have to clear every single area of the map, but like. My I one complaint imagine. with Breath of the Wild is I was under the impression uh, for the entire game that once you like defeated Ganon, mm. you could just like f- free roam. Yeah, you could just like have that save and mm-hmm. hang out, but you can't. The game ends, which really sucks because I, I think I would have really loved to have Breath of the Wild world where they're, the guardians are decommissioned because there's a lot of areas yeah. to explore, but I just don't want to deal with that i don't want to use that many arrows um but yeah i mean it's it's a it's incredible yeah and i mean we'll we'll talk about tears of the kingdom in a bit but Mm -hmm. like i'm sure that they will have improved it's it's almost a near perfect game yeah so it's like yeah it's only up (laughs) Um, but yeah that's my number two i love that before i do my number two um i just wanted to mention divinity original sin was released in 2017 by larian studios amazing to get that it's on what what it's it's on i played on the switch but it's on oh, a it's playstation on and xbox mm-hmm. interesting yeah so my number two is spirit fair mm. um which dropped in 2020 by thunder lotus games it's it was originally for the xbox one playstation 4 uh, but also the switch which is where i play it it's like it's a stunning game. Like the the graphics are beautiful. It almost has like a Metroid esque component mm. to it, where like you, there are areas you can't travel to until you upgrade your ship. But the premise of the game is that the boatman of the underworld is Chiron. Thank you. Is retiring and is is giving you the job essentially, and so you are traveling around picking up lost spirits and helping them move on. Mm. So it's like really sweet, and you're playing like the most adorable character named Stella who has a cat, and you can like augment your boat, travel to new locations. As you guide spirits across, some of them are people you knew in your mortal life. Uh, so the first one that you you help 
crossover was like a childhood friend and you like it's really beautiful you bring them to this gate and they say their goodbyes to you and then they travel on and they become a constellation in the sky that you can see for the rest of the game (gasps) um yeah it's it's really cool that's so cool it's it's beautiful and and really fun to play and there's like some puzzle platformer areas too that are really cool and the soundtrack is just absolutely stunning it was done by maxime lacoste lebuis I don't know if I'm saying that right, but if you liked the Everything Everywhere All at Once soundtrack or you listen to Sunlux, it's sort of like a similar mm. sonic experience. And it was, it's really fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's my number two. Amazing. Cool. So before we get to our number ones, we do run through some honorable mentions. You want to go first? Sure. So on my honorable mentions, I have the original Harvest Moon, which I mentioned earlier when we, I was talking about Stardew. Um, Potion Permit, which is another like move to a town sim type of vibe hades uh, uh roguelike but very roguelike yeah. so much fun so i finished the main game but i'm still playing because i want to so unlock good. all the, the rest of the story and the bioshock series yeah yeah see this was my struggle because i was like <laughs> to me all of this shit is rpg to me too but i was like yeah i was like i guess my list will be very traditional <laughs> but um now you're like saying all this stuff i'm like yeah that's, that's really good yeah, my honorable mentions, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, mm. which is the best one. Mm-hmm. No arguments. It's just it's just solid. Persona 5, which is like a very... Persona 5 is what I wish like a lot of like RPGs would do. Mm. Like if they're like in, involving like a school or something. Because it's sure. like you go day by day. It's really good. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is on there. The, the like original one. I didn't play the MMO. Dragon Age Origins, which... It's just, I'm not done with it. Otherwise, it probably would be on my list. Um, But I just felt really bad because it's like one of the best RPGs I've ever played. And then God of War 2018, which is not technically an RPG, but it is to Mm -hmm. me. So I put it on my list. Well, I had Fire Fire Emblem Mm. Three Houses too, which also isn't really an RPG. Yeah. But But I like it. You like it. Yeah. It's on the list. Cool. All right. So number one. I'll go because I want you to talk about yours <laughs> a lot um, and I'm not going to talk about mine too much but mine is uh, Skyrim uh, The Elder Scrolls V uh, developed by Bethesda Game Studios published by Bethesda Softworks iconic release date November 11th 2011 if you were like in the Skyrim space during that time 11 11 11 is like packed up in the memory like what a what an iconic just like they really set themselves up for success. But Skyrim takes place in uh, Tamriel. If you played Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion or 3, Morrowind, same continent, different province, I think is what they're called. Skyrim is like the northernmost province, so it's very like Icelandic, Slavic inspired. You play as this you play as your own character who is a dragonborn who like literally you like read draconic off of a wall and then you just like get to basically like shout magic <laughs> um dragon shouts is like a very integral part of the game but you can do whatever the fuck you want very similar to breath of the wild skyrim is like ah I mean, it's it's the open world that like set the stage for open worlds i have plugged in more than it's definitely more than 300 hours like the amount of playthroughs i've done of skyrim is ridiculous i've played as i've played at least as every single species and uh like class i've like i did a cheat playthrough where i used the i forgot what the fuck it was called but there was like a tomb that you it's a cheat so you would take this tomb to this house in white run and you would sit in a closet and you would put it on the shelf and so this tomb like every time you open it it increases like a couple of your stats and so you could basically do this cheat where you would save the game and you would just keep putting it back <laughs> on the shelf and taking it off and i and you just max out all of your stats so i did one playthrough like that where i got everything to 100 yeah. and i was like eye crafting the <laughs> highest level of armor i have all the spells i'm like the most powerful and i was like and and that's the beautiful thing about skyrim though and like bethesda games but specifically skyrim is like the community is so yeah. big that it's just like you can play the game a million different ways and there's so many mods and it's just like i don't know there's something about it that is like timeless which is why they keep fucking remaking it <laughs> yeah. for every console that comes out but it's just one of those games where you play it and you're like 
Yeah, you can go frolic in a daisy field and pick flowers and make like go join a mercenary yeah. guild, or you could become a up. fucking vampire and join a thieves <laughs> guild and like kill everyone yeah. and like, uh, but you can't kill the kids, um, mm. but you can kill the chickens. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just it's very close to my heart because it was like the first open world RPG game that I like really, really played. Yeah, um, I mean it's iconic for a reason. Yeah, but yeah, amazing. On to you. Well, you already know what my number one is. Yes. This is Dragon Age Origins, the first Dragon Age game. It came out in 2009. Also, I mean, it's a Bioware thing like we already discussed originally on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Dragon Age Origins. So this was like one of the first video games like I bought and like I played on my own machine to completion by myself. I wasn't like a huge video game person growing up, but this one just like, I don't know, something clicked for me. It's like... um, it's just like a good fucking game. Like the narrative is really tight. It's really good. The characters are, are good. Um, it still looks great for for I mean it came out almost twenty five years ago. Yeah. Like it's it Damn. looks really good. Fifteen years ago. That's twenty five. That would be crazy. I oh, can't yeah. do math. Uh, <laughs> You're right. But it's just like a big game, which but like it's not but it's not open world and it's pretty customizable, which is also nice. I've played through like all of the origin stories. That's why it's called Dragon Age Origins. As you pick your origin as like your race and then like basically like where you start. But no matter what, you're going to end up joining the Grey Wardens to assist in the recent attacks from what are called Darkspawn. There's a whole history to that but we won't get into it. Uh, but they're essentially just these like evil zombie type things, but they weren't, they didn't used to be human. And uh, you're taken like to the front, like in the first hour of the game. And it all goes like horribly. And you and the only remaining Grey Warden left are branded as traitors because they just kind of pinned the whole messiness on you. So you could just kind of start, you got your job yesterday and now you're in charge of saving the world because the other guy that is with you doesn't want responsibility and he's not going to tell you who his dad is because it just means yeah. more responsibility yeah. and then a swamp witch whose mom might be Baba Yaga, unsure who has never like experienced society and can also turn into a giant spider and then immediately the next two companions that you get are a nun who told her that God told her to come and join you but also is like super clear that she didn't take any vows of chastity so she's like totally down to fuck yeah and then wild. and then a, a child soldier grown up who spends most of his time being really mean to you but also like really likes you and the only thing he likes about your country is cookies and then i mean you meet you meet other really great characters um, my personal favorite is zevran who is an assassin that sends to consent to, to kill you and then as soon as he fails is like what's up yeah <laughs> he's amazing uh, super cool and it's just like it's a really tight way to present a big um, undertaking like this in a video game where you are sort of meant to save the world but you're basically just calling in these four treaties that the gray wardens have with these different races and different um societies so those are like your initial four quests is you're just like going to go call those in and solve their problems and get them on your side but they do a really good job i feel like of setting up very different situations for you Mm. to do that so you can go to the mage tower where there's been like um some kind of attack and you have to like help save them before they'll even listen to you and you can kind of choose at the end of a lot of these like who is going to actually be your allies because there's like obviously different groups within these societies when you go to talk to the elves they're having a werewolf problem so you have to go deal with that when you go to the humans the like leader of them his wife's son made a deal with a demon yeah, it's pretty fucking <laughs> idiot crazy. and you have to save the town from zombies and then when you go to see the dwarves there's a political like hereditary issue and you have to pick the heir to the throne and like who you're going to support it's pretty wild. and that's just the first half of the game i won't go too far into the second half because my friends present here have not finished it and i want them to experience it but it's really really good uh they really like killed it like game one there's so much lore there's a lot of really fun side quests yeah, the, the 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 next iterations of the franchise have not been quite as successful. I personally really like Dragon Age 2. I think it's a lot of fun, but it was very much produced under a time crunch. And then the third game is stunning, but it's not fun. I mean, it's fun. I played it. I finished it. But it's just like, 
I feel like you don't have as much autonomy, which is what mm. makes Bioware games so much fun to engage yeah. with. And like having, especially in Origins, having the story like kind of change based on where you start is like really cool and how people will react to you based on like what race you started as, what kind of knowledge your character will have based on where you started. Like that's all so appealing. In uh, 2010, they actually came out with an expansion for the original game called Dragon Age Awakenings, which is so fucking cool. And in typical Bioware fashion, you can port over your origin save into the Awakening so you can play as your warden. So you're like totally maxed out on everything. So super OP, but there's a lot of lore there that's also really fun. But yeah, I love Dragon Age Origins. Please, Bioware, if any of you know anyone at Bioware, remaster Origins. Please. I'm not. I'm I like, don't give a fuck about the fourth game. <laughs> <laughs> about Inquisition. Oh, the fourth, <laughs> the fourth one, the new game, one, the, the new, new one. 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 Um, Dread Wolf or whatever. Give me back the Warden. I just want to play Origins again. It's so good. It's really good. I feel like one of my <laughs> favorite parts about it is that like early 2000s like sound design. Oh, the soundtrack like, is so good. Or like it's like kind of. It's like that really like muffled, like mm-hmm. not not incredibly well mixed sound mm-hmm. design of like the armor just like clanking as you walk. Yes. It's just like addicting to like like it's I'm just so like I'm good. it's 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 amazing. Um for a two thousand nine game for your footsteps to sound different depending on what material you're walking on. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's just it's just like a really fucking fun game. You get a dog like you do you get a dog and the dog can comprehend human speech and only uses that skill to beg for i never got treats. my dog i forgot to go pick it up when the when when, <laughs> no. also, when when the place fell because i was like i was like i got this bone <laughs> and i had this your Mabari. i was like i had a collar oh, and everything no. and i was like i was really supposed to but i think what happened was i went back to the place uh-huh. and i was like trying to go there and then like i accidentally walked through something and the cutscene started, started. The cut scene through. and then the shit went and then shit went crazy so i just <laughs> never got that fucking dog i don't know if i That's go back really sad. Yeah. i never added my dog to my party ever because i never wanted it to die i probably wouldn't add it to my so party it just hangs often. out at the campsite yeah cool yeah that was our top five looking back rpgs yeah reflecting on our on our education and now we're gonna now we're going to look forward to what's coming out this year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many I don't know how many have you have. We can just kind of just talk six. about whatever it is. I also have 6. Interesting. Amazing. Um I guess I guess I kind of want to like what do you look for in like a new video game because now video games are like fucking seventy dollars mm. so it's like what do you like what piques your interest i know you like sims and rpgs question. but like what do you when you see a game what is the, what is like the three <sighs> let's say like three things that come to you and you're like this mm. would be good for me to buy and spend my hard-earned money on that's such a good question um well i feel like first i'm kind of a late adapter to games anyways mm. so i'm definitely influenced by like what people say sure yeah um, uh, in general but i feel like with sims the premise is really important to me because if i don't care about what the premise is then i'm not gonna yeah want to engage with it but also graphics are just like a big deciding factor and not even like Everything has to look like Breath of the Wild, which is like just such a such a stunning game. But like I feel like there's been a more recent push, especially with like a lot of Switch titles coming out and Nintendo being more open to ports, is people have been getting really creative. There's a couple of things on my list that like I started looking at specifically because of the way the graphics mm. looked. But yeah, I think I think that's that's what it is for me. Yeah, I get a lot of my games on sale. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you have you have to. Yeah, everything is every game is like seventy sixty dollars. I'm like, and Nintendo is... never puts their like no their titles on sale no, ever. Never. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, for for like, I feel like when I'm looking at games, I'm always like, what is going to give me the most like bang? For yeah, because yeah. I'm like. If I'm paying $60, $70 for a game, I want to be able to play it for like a while. And I want to be able to like, especially now, like at this age where it's like, it's like hard to find mm. time. I'm like, I want to be able to like play it and then put it down yeah. and not feel like 
damn, I'm almost done with the game. There's like nothing else to do. But I also feel like there's a big push recently for a lot of AAA games to be like 100 plus hours. It's fucking exhausting. <laughs> for the main game. Like, bro, I don't want to like, do that okay. shit. And also like... <laughs> With that, it's like, it's 100 plus hours, but like, I'm not going to replay this shit. Like, yeah. replay value has gone down so much. Because so it's like, there's only so many. Hades is like the one game where I'm like, I will replay this. Yeah. Um, well, Hades has that longevity where like, I, and I finished the main game. Like, I've gotten to the end. I finished that whole storyline. But there's so much more to do. And it's encouraging to keep playing it because not only are you like progressing and getting stronger, but it's like the the world building and the style mm. is so tight and the gameplay is so tight that it's like none of it is grueling. So it makes exactly. you like want to keep playing. Well, like that's, I mean, Hades, like the point is that you die, right? Yeah. It's not like, fuck. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm back. I'm going to talk yeah, to people, yeah. give some people some ambrosia. new powers, upgrades yeah. and stuff. There's games where it's like, you die and you're like, I'm not no, fucking I'm done. doing this yeah. shit anymore. Like, I'm not doing this shit. Like, like I'm not a souls born person. No. I've tried i am still like on the fence about if i want to get into elden ring but like i can't fucking play those games man i get too upset and then i'm like i'm not doing this i shit got past anymore. the tutorial level in dark souls 2 and i was like that's enough for yeah, me yeah <laughs> no absolutely but um, um but, but cool yeah. cool yeah so no knowing that going in what what are you looking forward to well i have tears of the kingdom up first just because like it's Same. kind of a given and also it's coming out in may yeah so, like <laughs> um it's uh yeah i mean i was honestly shocked that it's coming out this year because I was also shocked. they announced it for i think they originally announced it for 22 and then covid hit uh last june they were like yep it's gonna be 23 for sure but there was still like no gameplay footage <laughs> no no screenshots like nothing and then all of a sudden they come out with like this trailer and it's like okay cool there's gonna be like some sky stuff link has a prosthetic arm that's sick. Yeah. But then they, again, like radio silence. And it was like, yep, May 12th. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's also, that's up on my list. I think with that game, it's like a mixture. For me, it's like a mixture of like excitement and anxiety because I'm like, this shit is going to take so much time. So like, much Like I think time. about, like I get it really excited. I'm like, oh fuck, it's coming out. And then I think about Breath of the Wild. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like so, it's like so much game, which is exciting. But then I look at the other stuff on the list and I'm like, damn, I'm glad this is coming out in May so that yeah. I'll have like room to play other games For as they sure. come out. No, I, I mean, I played Breath of the Wild like during like peak quarantine COVID where like I had graduated college, I was not working and I was living at my parents' house. So like I had no responsibilities except no, I had no responsibilities. Like except to find the shrines, <laughs> pay my credit card bill. So, you had to so do, like, yeah. I, I just like, I sunk so much time into this game. Like immediately after I bought it, that will not be possible for me. With no, it's literally <laughs> impossible. Yeah, unfortunately, but I am possibly traveling in May. Yeah. at the end of the month, so it'll be great. Good travel game. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't really have much else to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you're interested in video games, you've heard about Tears of the Kingdom and seen the trailer. It's like <laughs> it's like consistently been the most anticipated game for like the past yeah. like two years. Two, I have. Years. I'd, I'm still harboring a suspicion because I thought that they were going to launch Tears of the Kingdom with the OLED, but then COVID hit parts like supply chain issues, all that stuff. So I was like really, I really thought that the second Breath of the Wild game would accompany a Switch too. Oh, um, I see. So I don't know. I'm. Still still kind of I thinking mean, there might be some, some kind of upgrade couple months, yeah yeah but we'll see. we'll see cool i have star wars jedi survivor mm. comes out in april so right oh before wow I, it's it's april 28th so i'll have, <laughs> have like two weeks <laughs> i have like two weeks which is not a problem um not with my sleep <laughs> no. schedule um but i will i'll have two weeks before uh zelda comes out to like to beat this game i played the first one uh, jedi fallen order which is like, honestly, it's probably the best Star Wars game <laughs> that's ever been made. It's just like, it's about as souls born as you can get without being incredibly souls born. Uh, it has that like dodge parry combat system, like the scaling of the enemies is is difficult. And it, it really like lets you live out the fantasy of being a Jedi with like the force abilities, the way the the abilities work is really cool. And then Jedi Survivor just seems like they're going to 
not only like up that and like make that more make that a smoother system but they're also adding fast travel which is like thank fucking god if you are making a video game that's open world in 2023 and it does not have fucking fast travel in it don't release release that (laughs) shit because i do not want to walk halfway across the fucking map again to find a little piece of paper or a recording that someone left and take like 20 minutes to get there and loading screens and everything so put fast travel in your games please because i'm a completionist (laughs) and i will be going back but i don't want to walk i don't want to walk i don't play games to walk i'll stop playing absolutely (laughs) she will stop playing she will actually stop playing um but yeah it's it's cool it's like action adventure platforming puzzles customizable skill trees like it looks really cool it it's it's pretty solid i hope the story the story in the first one was pretty cool Mm -hmm. so i hope this one just picks up and makes it better it's always nice to have like new shit in star wars for sure amazing yeah my next one uh should be no surprise because i mentioned harvest moon earlier but it's the new harvest moon game the winds of anthos that's supposed to be dropping in the fall oh does it not Um, have a release date no release date it just says summer 2023 um (laughs) and every like press release or like coverage i could find for it said like to celebrate harvest moon's 25th anniversary and so i tried looking up like when the original release date was because i was like maybe they mean this anniversary and that was august 9th so possibly august 9th 2023 that's still summer interesting um the I found like a publication that was in Spanish that said September 29th, but there's no confirmation. There's no gameplay footage, no screenshots, no real information about what the story is at all. I actually didn't know this until I was doing research for this pod, but apparently there was like a big IP issue after the first one dropped. I think it had something to do with the Natsume Atari merger, oh, but it's yeah. actually not called Harvest Moon anymore. It's called Se- Story of Seasons. And they've come out with like a couple of like games under like the Story of Seasons umbrella, but this is the first like actual sequel to Harvest Moon under this like new, I so guess it's like a, patent or whatever. It's a sequel, not a remake. It is, a, to my understanding, it's a sequel, <laughs> but it's very difficult to find information about it. Uh-huh. But it looks like the animation style has been updated. They're promising like new locations on the continent that we saw in the last game. So yeah, they're saying summer. We'll see. We'll see what like comes out as the year goes on. It's developed solely by Natsume, which is apparently this is the sixth title that like that has only been done by this studio and not like in conjunction with anyone else. So yeah, we will see. I loved the original Harvest Moon. I'm a big sim person. We'll see if it ends up happening. Cool. That's exciting. I know I know a lot of people are excited about that. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have Assassin's Creed Mirage on, oh, my, yeah. on my list. It's uh, it's supposed to be, it doesn't have a release date, which means it could be delayed, but it's supposed to be a return to form, what they're saying, of to the Assassin's Creed formula, because the past couple of games have been like yeah. super RPG, and it's like gotten away from like, you're an assassin and you're assassinating people. <laughs> it's gotten into like RPG like upgrades and like I think Valhalla has like actual fantasy like you're yeah. fighting the Norse mythological beings and it's like very like I know people love it but like I didn't play Origins or Odyssey or Valhalla because that's just not I don't know. I I don't go to Assassin's Creed for that. Right. I I really like the linear storytelling of Assassin's Creed even though it was kind of getting bad. <laughs> But apparently this one is supposed to be a return to form and it's set. I know it's like Arab, like this is the new one, but I don't know where it's set. Looking it up. Baghdad. Baghdad. (sighs) That's like that thing where it's like, if you could be anywhere in like the past, Mm. like I always say like Baghdad in like the eighties, that'd be very cool. But there's a magic there's a magic treehouse book where they go to Baghdad. i know yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah so this one is uh yeah it's it's like the return to form so i'm i'm pretty excited about it excited to see uh, brown people getting like front and center stage for sure but definitely like i just hope it's i hope so it you delivers can't, you can't knock the aesthetic you know? yeah <laughs> no you can't the hood and the hidden blade like that shit is mwah, chef's kiss um but yeah i'm excited for that so Amazing. we'll see if it's good yeah yeah 
Yeah, uh, so next on my list is actually a game that I played in early release or early access. No, not early access, like beta, I guess. But it's called Potion Craft, and mm. it's been on Steam since it fully launched on PC in December. I was playing the, I guess, beta version like last fall-ish, but it's coming to PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, spring 2023. No release date, but they're saying the spring. Mm. It's really cool. It's like uh, you run an alchemy shop, and so you grow these like plants and depending on what kind of effect you want there's this like alchemical map that you like slowly unlock and depending on like the ingredients that you like load into like your little system um it's like very puzzly but still like very sim like you don't really have like a character in the game at least not in the beta but i've seen like the updated graphics and stuff and it looks really really cool that was what sort of endeared me to it in the first place is it's sort of like a parchment style graphics so like everything looks like hand drawn and like moving it, that like new short that came out with Grogu and the sit sprites. It's sort of oh, like yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah. And it's just like really cool. I really like the idea of like running a alchemical shop. Yes. Um, and there's like a bunch it. of unlockables that I never got to. So once that hits switch, I think it'll be a really good switch game for handheld. I like, it looks really, the style is really nice. Mm-hmm. It looks, yeah. I like that idea of like, it's kind of like that old timey, like, like tapestry type yes, thing. Yeah. It's really cool. And that's developed by Nice Play and produced by Tiny Bird Tiny Build Studios. Amazing. But yeah. So I mean, it's been out, but it will be on a console that I will play it more on. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. In a few months. Cool. I have Starfield, which we have talked about. Oh yeah. Starfield is Bethesda's like I don't know, it's like their biggest game since Skyrim. I mean, we could say Fallout 4, but like I wasn't that big I, of a fan of Fallout 4. I don't know. It seems like Starfield's going to be bigger yeah. like No, for sure. Map-wise. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's their sci-fi like kind of debut. I mean, if you Bethesda Softworks is like, you know, they dip their their foot in Prey and Doom mm-hmm. and Wolfenstein, but this is like yeah in a spaceship and the interesting thing about starfield is like when they announced it years ago i was like oh fuck it's gonna be like really cool and naturally i was like thinking about star wars and mass effect but no this game is like hard sci-fi it's like you are like an astronaut and you're like in a rocket ship and you're going to colonies and collecting data and research and like getting in buggies and stuff and i'm like damn that's like <laughs> hardcore sci-fi it's like grant the granular sci-fi shit but i'm gonna play the fuck out of it oh yeah so yeah. um i mean yeah. it'll probably be like unplayable for a yeah few months yeah no that's absolutely how bethesda launches games bethesda but. bugs yeah <laughs> but no i i keep telling hannah i'm like this is like this is if there's if there's one like open world rpg that i need you to play with me <laughs> it's this because i can't I'm sorry, because I can't do this alone again. <laughs> like, it's just, they're too, it's too much. I need to be like, did you find the fucking hidden rock on the seventh planet from the sun? Yeah. That nobody, I can't find on Reddit anywhere? Yeah. No, exactly. So, but yeah. I probably won't be buying any of these games at launch, because I need the, Fuck no. I need the game publications to write the guides and the cheats. No, and- the only, the only, I don't know, there's only a couple games that I'll play at launch but uh i've kind of moved away from that because games these days are like really buggy and shitty and i don't want to deal with patches and shit um and they also a lot of times they go on sale at least ten dollars but yeah so that's starfield is on my also no release date i'm assuming it's gonna be on ps5 and xbox series xs and pc but yeah yeah that's a good one yeah Yeah. it's gonna be (laughs) If it sucks, biggest disappointment of the past decade because the we've been waiting for this game forever and like the Fallout 76s just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. Next on my list is one that we've kind of talked about, Sea of Stars. This is being released by Sabotage Studios August 29th. This one actually does have a release date and it's coming to PC, PlayStation, and Switch. There's actually apparently a demo that's currently available on the Switch, so I might be downloading that. I didn't realize that until this morning. But it just looks, again, we're talking about like graphics and stuff and like 
people that are doing interesting things with graphics. This like automatically caught my eye when I was it's sort really of just cool. sort of scrolling through the list of things that's coming out this year. It's sort of pixelated, but their big thing is like dynamic lighting because according to the story, like the premise is based on like sun warriors and moon warriors and like light has a lot to do with like their puzzles and stuff but it's like turn-based combat type of vibes which i love a turn-based combat game that's why i stick with fire emblem because i love the combat systems but it's an open sea map like Mm. that's what really endeared me to it it's it's very assassin's creed that's also what caught my eye yeah because you get a boat and you get to travel around the map and look at stuff we notoriously love boats we love and water we love pirates and water yeah yeah give me a boat give me a fucking boat give me a boat in a game uh so yeah i will probably pick this up on launch it just looks really really cool and the team is like they seem really really interesting i visited their site for to research this and they like all of their faqs were very interesting and they came out with a game in 2018 called the messenger that sounded kind of familiar to me but i never played it but that also looked pretty cool and yeah i'm really excited for for this game to come out um sabotage studios seems like they know what they're doing what's the release date august 29th oh amazing yeah in the fall so much time away from zelda yes that's what everything that's what everything hinges around at this point (laughs) zelda's the elden ring of this year (laughs) for sure cool I my next one I have is um Marvel Spider-Man 2 which I for some reason feel like is going to be delayed. I just I just mm. something in my heart is telling me that mm. it's going to. But yeah, the first Marvel Spider-Man 2018 was really fucking good. That's the one The best Spider-Man. That's the one where you can like it's like a perfect New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a perfect replication of New York. Um the swinging mechanics are really good. They have like fixed it from like the old Spider-Man 2 game on like the GameCube, which is a solid game. But they fixed the webbing mechanics to where it's like it has um it has the Arkham City, like Arkham games sort of combat style where it's kind of just like a beat 'em up and you like parry and you chain combos together and you like implement gadgets. Um, and it has like stealth, which is very similar to the Arkham games. Uh, and it's just really good. And I'm really excited for the second one because they made like, it wasn't like a sequel, but it was more of like an expansion, like a 20 hour game that wasn't even full price, which was great, but it was like a Miles Morales centric right. story, which I like fucking loved. It was so good. But apparently in this new Spider-Man in the second one there, you're going to be able to play as both of them and there's going to be like co-op and oh, Venom. Fine. Venom is a part of it. So I'm very excited for that. I don't really like, f- I don't really fuck with superhero games like that. <laughs> Just because it's like they don't always, they're not always good. You're not a Marvel Snap person. No, I'm definitely not a Marvel. Sorry to the Marvel Snap people. No judgment, but I will not be uh, getting into that. Uh, I did play like the Marvel. I did play this Marvel game on my phone for like uh, two weeks and I was really obsessed with it. But every time I play a mobile game and they're like, you ran out of shit for the day. Want to buy more stuff? I'm like, no, go fuck yourself. Delete. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. So we'll see if it comes out this year. But that will that will be most of these games are up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Next I have Hollow Knight Silk Song. Uh, I knew that was gonna be on your list. Yeah. Developed by Team Cherry. I never finished the first Hollow Knight or like really sunk that much time into it, but like I still understand the impact that it had on like the gaming space. Yeah. Um I never played it. Yeah, it's it's really cute. Hornet is the, like, character that you play as. And to my understanding, send us an email if this isn't correct, Hollow Knight fans, but when it ends, the, like, Hornet is trying to find Hollow Knight, and at the end of the game, she, does, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no real, like, there's no real clear path forward for what Silk Song is going to be. It's this game was announced in 2019 during Nintendo Direct, so they've been waiting for four years for this game. Um, And everyone, nobody seems truly convinced that it's coming out this year. But it's announced. uh, It just says 2023. There, there's no like spring, summer, fall, winter. No, it's just 2023. So they're very non-specific. And that wasn't that was announced uh, last June at the um, Xbox uh, showcase. Mm. So right now they've announced it for Xbox Steam Switch but not PlayStation at all. So 
We'll see about that. Basically, the only thing people know about it is that like the map is going to be a lot larger and there's going to be new enemies. The graphics have been updated, but not really like changed at all, which I think people are happy with because the original game looked good. But yeah, I, I'm interested to see if this actually happens, but excited for the Hollow Knight fans if it does. <laughs> That's so wild that it doesn't have a release date because it's on everybody's anticipated list. I was list. like scrubbing. They Damn. don't even have like a press kit up or anything. Jeez. So <laughs> Wild. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. I might tap into that, honestly, because yeah. I like missed the Hollow Knight wave. Same. But yeah, my last one is uh, this game called Wolong Fallen Dynasty. It's uh, it's made by Team Ninja, who, if you're aware, made Ninja Gaiden, which is like, <laughs> that's like classic. Like, this is a classic just in that like action RPG kind of like Devil May Cry genre uh darksider genre if you're aware um it's releasing on ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series s march 3rd it's basically like it's set in um the three dynasties era of um yeah and so it's like you're just playing you're playing as like a warrior and you have all these like dope skills and Mm. it's very it's just an action rpg and I am excited mostly because I haven't played a Ninja Gaiden game in so long and this seems like a spiritual successor. So I'm just excited to like check out another game that has that sort of like hack and slash vibe and like a really fast pace like combos and stuff yeah. like that. I like I like action beat 'em up games as much as I like turn based combat because it's just like sometimes it's just fun to go around and like yeah. hit shit. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's on my list. I bought the Bioshock bundle for ten dollars at the Nintendo New Year's sale on the Switch. And I've just I've been playing the first game and I have like all the guns, but I still kill people with the wrench because she loves the wrench. <laughs> there's something really satisfying about yeah. just hitting people. Yeah, that's a good one. My last one is very much a sim, but a lot of like the cozy gamer community has been talking about this for like months and months and months. I think it's been in early access for a while if you had the codes, but um, it's called Botany Manor. Um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's uh, developed by Balloon Studios and published by Whitethorn Games. It also doesn't have a release date. It's just 2023, but it's coming to PC and Switch. It's just, like, pretty. It's really pretty. And I'm a farmer in Stardew Valley. I'm an alchemist in potion craft. I am a potion person in potion permit. This is, like, right up my alley where you basically inherit, like, a 19th century English manor that's, like, kind of run down, and you just, like clean it up and plant these plants and you like discover their properties and i'm sure there's like some kind of skill tree type thing but this puzzle a lot of puzzles puzzly stuff yeah but it's just like a beautiful game and if there's a sim i can play on my switch that's the best option for me because i like playing things like that handhelds and Hmm. you know when i'm on the go so We'll definitely probably pick that up at launch if it releases this year, actually. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's my last one. You see if there's anything like, do you have anything that you, that was, that was, that was your last one and my last one. Mm -hmm. Is there any games like not coming out this year that like came out like last year or something that you're like, damn, I may get around to that at some point. Mm. Like off the top of your head. Because I really, really want to play the dead space remake oh we'll get around to it but it's yeah. like it's well that came out earlier this year yeah this yeah. year yeah mm-hmm. but it's well, like stuck I mean, on my mind for for me it's fire emblem engage um the newest oh, yeah. one that came out a couple months really ago good things about it. it's yeah i heard i heard it's good i heard they kind of upped the fire emblem bullshit um <laughs> three houses i know the bullshit you you're know talking, what I'm talking about, about? Yeah. yeah where it's just like okay yeah um, <laughs> like in in three houses you spend a lot of time returning lost items and that's just kind of yeah, the bullshit you like, have to put up with yeah but i think the story is strong enough in three houses that it's like annoying but not a huge obstacle but I heard that the combat stuff in Engage is like really fucking good, and that the like animations yeah, and stuff are yeah. like really cool. So yeah, that's definitely on my list. But I'm gonna let the professionals accrue more knowledge for me over the next couple months for before sure. I really dive in. Um, when did I? Do you know when it came out? Recently, February. Yeah. I think it was. It was either. I think it was this month. Earlier this month. I'm looking at this calendar and I'm like looking at what came out last year because. I played most of everything that I wanted to last year, except the Kirby game. But it's so good. 
play play Kirby Forgotten Lands. It's so good. Oh, the Switch port and updated version of Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah. No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. No Man's yes, Sky. thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, so the the updated 2.0 Switch port of No Man's Sky, which is apparently become what was it was originally promised and they didn't really deliver on. But the idea of like procedurally generated outer space alien worlds really appealing. I almost picked it up at the Black Friday sale, but um, didn't because I have so many games that I have so not finished. So many games to get through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my big one. I'm looking at the list. I think I I pretty much played everything I wanted to last year, but that Dead Space that Dead Space remake is I like heard it's really good. I, oh. Like really good. Like the yeah. level design is just great. Yeah. And the, I've heard that the dynamic lighting that they've like mm. been able to develop now makes the game like uh, like way scarier. There's also the there's also a Suicide Squad game coming out this mm-hmm. year, but I, as with again as with superhero games, I will be waiting for the reviews <laughs> because I'm not about to spend seventy dollars for a Gotham Knight. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. But um. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's everything that we're looking forward to. There's so many games that are coming out this year. Not quite as many as last year. I think we got like kind of an accrued plethora last year from COVID delays. But yeah, that's sort of I think a good encapsulation of like our taste and yeah, and the kind for of things sure. we like to play. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about more video games as we play them and they come for out. Sure. Probably have some like solo episodes. Do you want to talk about like what you've been playing, like the the couple games? Yeah, yeah. So I told myself that before the end of 2022, I was going to finish one of the games that I bought for my Switch. That didn't happen, <laughs> but I'm still working on it. I've been, um, I spent like a good chunk of last week kind of grinding on Potion Permit. It's a really, really cute game. Like it's very Stardew Valley-esque, but everybody's mean to you when you move to town at first. And it's just like really cute and the puzzles are adorable, but I'm kind of at a point of diminishing returns where I just have to grind more to get to the next kind of stage of the story. But yeah, I'm I'm making myself finish that before I buy any more Sims. Amazing. <laughs> so. I love that. Um, I have been working through Neon White on my Switch. Mm. I played like an hour or two of stray and then i just never went back because it stresses me out because i the cat i don't think the cat can actually die but it feels like it Mm. so i'm just like i gotta take it easy with that game because i'm like this shit stresses me out and then i have to you know i have to finish dragon age yeah but yeah those are that's what i've been playing so amazing amazing well thanks so much for spending uh this time with us if you guys have any questions or you want to talk to us about your favorite rpgs or things that you're excited about or correct us about anything we said uh you can email us at the honestly truly pod at gmail.com that's the honestly truly pod at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram at honestly truly pod it's been a blast and honestly truly we have the best taste in video games we do we do (laughs) sorry sorry to anybody else who ever has had taste in video games uh you're just uh incorrect um We'll see you later.